Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we talk to a serial entrepreneur by the name of Sean Moffat, and he's done a number of things. He's a writer, he's a keynote speaker, he's an advisor, he's a consultant, he does a number of things. So welcome, Sean. Thanks for the intro, Peter. I'll, I'll try to live up to that expectation. That was uh, That felt good. Okay, so let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to school? Uh, so there's a school in Canada called Wolford Laurier University. It's uh, about an hour and a half drive west of Toronto. And uh, uh, I guess one of the big reasons I went there was I'm 19. I have no idea what I want to do. And they had a co-op program that was one of the leading co-op programs in Canada. So I get the advantage of working in three different places before uh, – deciding where do I want to put my lot in life, which uh, I would advocate for anybody. So so that's where I went, to, Peter. That's interesting because I went to the same uh, school a little earlier than you. Okay. Uh, it was probably called Waterloo Lutheran or uh, yes, something else. Yes, it was. Okay, so let's talk about your work experience. You've been all over the map. Yeah, that would be one way to say it. I like to consider it like a polymath well-roundedness, but other people might describe it as all over the map. I, uh, As mentioned, I was part of the co-op program at Wilfrid Laurier. The last term I had was at Procter & Gamble. We had one of the worst economies to graduate uh, whenever. It was 1992, 93. And uh, Procter & Gamble said, yeah, we like enough of what you did over the four months that we want to invite you back. And I ended up st- spending about six years there. Uh, I, I had a few different marketing gigs and then, uh, I became head of marketing for Molson in Canada and, uh, eventually said to myself, wow, at, at like in my thirties, I said, wow, you know what, as much as these had been great titles to have, and there is something in life around the better, the title, the worse, the job typically, um, I said to myself, you know what, I don't like working in large companies. And so I ended up my, uh, ended up starting my entrepreneurial career early in the two thousands and I've been able to run about four startups since. Okay, so let's quickly go through each of those four startups. Love to. So the uh, I was a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell. I think we all are, aren't we? I'm not too sure, but uh, you know, there's a great book called The Tipping Point, which was very formative in my thinking, which essentially said, you know what, there's a small group of people that in any industry, any movement, any government thing, you know, tend to be the people that uh, really make something either work or not work. I took that same principle to marketing and strategy and said, how could you create a firm that could identify some of those people and bring those to clients? And so I ran a grassroots word of mouth marketing company called Agent Wildfire. I did that for five years. And then this was probably later in the 2000s. I did some work with a guy named Don Tapscott, big thought leader around digital space. Uh, he had just written a book called Wikonomics, and we wrote a paper for him that was the marketing and sales version to that. So we called it Wiki Brands. We got like a five out of five at one of his uh, uh, symposiums down in Boston, and he came to us and he said, you guys ever write like a book on this stuff or write any kind of book? And we're like, no, like we're two page business memo people. So we, uh, 
we wrote a book called Wiki Brands, which then started a company called Wiki Brands, and we we were kind of like strategic consultants to companies that were trying to get closer to their customers. Then I spent about three or four years going deeper into the uh, the um, the the beehive of how do you get people to change, and we did some work uh, in digital transformation. I, I worked and was partner in a company called Precog. And so we, we looked out at emerging technologies and how to get in front of them and actually make them work for you. And for the last four or five years, um, I've been doing something called Future Proofing Next. And so it's got two different elements to it. One, read the signals of the future, you know, the six different areas that we call them about the future, and then try to act on them uh, and get them to next. There, there's a whole bunch of people out there in the futurist business that come up with ideas but that's just not enough. Ideas are worthless unless you execute them. So we try to manage both sides of that situation, Peter. What about the North Collection? Is that something new? Uh, I mean, it's almost like a, a different project-based group. We had, uh, we, you know, we, we do things from time to time. It's almost, uh, you ever know bands where they are in their actual band, but then they do something on the side over here? That's kind of what that is, right? Just uh, really exploratory kind of research work and intelligence work that we do. So I'm part of about, I want to call it five or six different uh, kind of project groups, uh, and that's one of them. Okay, but also you have a side hustle called Grace One Guild. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. This is coming up to about two years that we've been formed, and it really, really came out of the ashes of the pandemic. You know, March, sometime in March for most of us in North America, the pandemic happened, right? For me, it was the Rudy Gobert moment where all sports in North America shut down. That was when I really said to myself, whoa like all of the stuff that was in China for a couple months, it's really come home to roost. And so there was a group of about 40 of us that said, you know what, we're pretty smart at this future stuff. We're pretty smart at the strategy stuff. It seems to be most of media, most of government is out there flailing for what just happened to us. Let's try to come up with something here. And this group of 40 that met in April said, you know what, we should probably produce a really good report and maybe have a whole bunch of collaboration around people coming in and, and contributing their own articles. And so we did that. It was successful. You know, lo and behold, two years later, and now we're a group of, what, 3,000 people from about 90 countries in the world. We do about 10 events a month. And we've got some, some grandiose ambitions that go beyond just the pandemic. We've, we've thought about other big global challenges and how do we get in front of them as well. So it's, uh, it's been a rewarding two years. As bad as the pandemic has been for nearly all of us, um, the silver lining, at least personally for me, is being able to congregate and have this group of 3,000 enormously talented people get together. And uh, out of a lot of passion, a lot of uh, professional pedigree, and a lot of you know, con contribution and saying, look, you know what, I've got a few hours in my calendar. I could afford to spare and make sense of the world with this group. We've really had some rewarding experiences with each other. So, Sean, I, I know you got a website in your name, name Wikibrands, and you can't do this all by yourself. You'd be working 24 hours a day. <laughs> So well, sleep, depriva sleep deprivation is always a good thing, Peter, but you're right. Uh, that only goes so far. So talk about team and partnerships. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I think embedded in my DNA, I was a big team sports fan growing up. As much as I could play tennis and golf, uh, I think I made a decision in early in life. I'd much rather play baseball or hockey or whatever. Part of it is I, I just love working within groups, um, kind of assessing different personalities out. So on a number of these things, certainly Wiki Brands, we had a group of 30 people around the world that most of them carried their own business cards, but from time to time we would bring in a projects and uh, almost like guns for hire, you know, taking that movie production model and saying, look, who is the best person in customer experience around the world or branding or e-commerce or what have you and bring them into different engagements. I think on our, um, on our most recent uh, Future Proofing Next venture, we've had a few more people like spend a lot more time with us, but we've still taken the principle of innovation is such a multi-layered thing that we have this group called Future Proofing 66 Degrees. And so we have a group of people that congregate with us, we hang out with each other, but from time to time, they actually work on our projects as well. Um, and so that's really rewarding. And the guild, I mean, the definition of a guild is a group of independent people coming together for collective interest. And so it's embedded in the DNA of the guild is almost three concentric circles of people. There's a, a board. We have a board of about 18 people. We have almost an unofficial board of advisors of about 150 people. And then, as I mentioned, we have about 3,000 people around the world. So it's um, we've taken the principle that if you have a great idea and you're a member of our group and you can find five or six other people that love that idea and want to work it too, then by God, we probably have a project within the guild that we should be servicing. So, um, so yeah, it's truly, truly at times an experiment and open collaboration. Uh, we're learning as we go. Some things go right, some things go wrong, but you know, um, it's that it goes back to that line. It's like, the world, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt, like um, just, uh, you know, what happened? I'm going to get the, I'm going to massacre the quote, Peter. So it's like, essentially, it's just like a small group of people can change the world. It's uh, honestly the only thing that's ever been the case, right? So, and I've massacred it. So I'm, I'm sure we'll fact check it later, see what the actual quote was. Okay. Talk about your book. So we got uh, two different books. So the, the Wikibrands book came out about a decade ago. And as mentioned, it was a deep exploration in terms of uh, how to do um, customer engagement, how to get customers deeply embedded into what we do. So more recently, uh, I've got together with Andrea Cates out of Silicon Valley, and we said, look, we're discontent. Generally, people are discontent with how they do innovation. Um, it's usually not big enough, it's usually not bold enough, it's usually not fast enough, and it's usually not simple enough. How do we build uh, a set of, almost like a playbook that actually goes after, you know, how do we do innovation better? And so not a small, small task, but I don't know, Peter, there's a small bit of critique I have of all the books I ever read. They take such a narrow slice of this innovation thing, and truly in 2022, Innovation is more complex than it's ever been. It's, it's, it's not about invention anymore, and it's not about kind of being really expert in this one element of innovation. It's about configuring. It's about business models. It's about how do I take one and one and one and turn it into something brilliant? And so we've got a book, Future Proofing Next. The sub tagline is the future beyond innovation because we think a lot of times use people use the word innovation, and you know it's kind of like the word love. It's like, 
I can love my dog. I can love my wife. I can love my whatever. Innovation is almost the same thing where there's so many definitions with so much baggage that we thought future-proofing may, might be a better way to bridge all these different divides and try to come up with a central argument. So you keep mentioning we. Do you have a partner or an associate? I have partners on a range of different things. So my mainline venture, Future Proofing Next, is uh, my partner is Andrew Cates. Um, uh, she has had a very long career. She's almost like me. She's had that many different professional hairnets. She worked in Houston and did some healthcare work. She's uh, worked for a number of different ventures in her lifetime. Um, and the strange thing, this is art imitating life. We were both McGraw-Hill uh, authors the first time out. We met each other through our publisher. I helped her launch her first book. Um, and uh, ever since, we've stayed in touch, and we got together on Future Proofing Next as a venture. And within the Gray Swan Guild, um, as mentioned, I have many partners in there, but the one partner that has stayed the test of time is a guy named Rob Tyree. He's out of Toronto as well, and uh, he is almost the conscience of the guild. If I am the, uh, the taskmaster and the project manager of the guild, he is the soul and conscience of the guild, and so we make a nice team with each other. But it tends to be in every one of my ventures, there is two or three key people that we spend a lot of time and are co-committed to each other, and there tends to be 10 or 11 people around that group that you know, whenever called upon, rise to the challenge. And so, you know, it, it is this strange world where you don't necessarily have to carry the same business card to be part of the same ventures anymore, Peter. It's almost like Spielberg. Spielberg, I don't know how many people work for Spielberg's company, but whenever he makes a new movie, it's like, I'm going to take that great film editor and that great cinematographer and that great musician, all of whom probably have different companies and bring them together we've kind of embraced that model as well for most of the stuff that we do. Okay, you're a strategic visionary, you're a serial entrepreneur, you're a writer. Three years from today, what are you gonna be doing? Ooh, that is such a good and confining question and such a great buildup as well, because you've, you've sessed out the fact that I've got these many different fingers in different pots. Uh, is it one answer or, or how many answers do I get, Peter? Whatever you want. <laughs> well, I think Future Proofing Next will be a thriving entity. Um, we really, the book is almost a, uh, a central point for getting our argument out to the world. I can imagine um, something that isn't so sophisticated as my last ventures, but we're testing a few things out this year. And I think, you know, we'll see which business model lands for this venture. But I would hope part of it is, we are the fountain for education of how to do innovation worldwide. Uh, I really hope that there's a set of master classes and a university of future proofing that we can, uh, we can live with. I know regardless of what I do with future proofing, it's all about continuing to learn and relearn. My hope is we do at least four research ventures every year that tackle a new subject around change. I think that'll be part and parcel of it. And I think, um, you know, we'll have a network of consultants around the world that want to do this work and actually practically bring it to the life of different businesses around the world. As far as the Great Swan Guild goes, it's funny, we've, we've had, it's such an open community. So it's like the, the great part about open communities is they have so many different ideas. The bad part about open communities is they have so many different ideas. And so how do you land on one 
it's probably not even my place here, but I would say, you know, right now we have 3000 people as part of the guild. We don't need to grow it necessarily, but because we'll be successful, we will probably have six or seven ventures within the guilds that will be doing great things. We'll be thriving on all six continents and we'll probably have a membership of anywhere from 25 to 50,000 people three years from now that are at times independently doing stuff that, you know, not myself or Rob or any of our top 12 people in the guild even know about. It'll be so decentralized and distributed that there'll be things and value for people that, you know, we might not ever see. That That's my God-given hope. Well, the interesting thing is you may not recognize it, but you're a social innovator and you are running social enterprise components. You are giving back to community and that's what really makes a difference. I think so, right? I mean, we could all apply our trade and, you know, we all have to keep the lights on and, you know, you know, pay for uh, whatever we have in our lifestyles. But it's got to be more than that, right, Peter? Like, it's just got to be more than that. I mean, I think people have landed on this term called purpose-driven life. Uh, I think even early in my career, you know, my, you know, I, I used to manage probably, what, 130 people when I was in my Molson days? And as much as I had my own ideas, I had my own thoughts about what the world should look like, my prime responsibility was, how do I make others better around me? And so it's, uh, I've always sparked to the athletes that made people better around them. Like, you know, people worship Kobe Bryant, and I'm like, I I feel bad that he's died and everything, but he didn't make a lot of people around him that much better. I always loved the players that, um, could build other people up and so uh we're trying to i'm trying to do that in my small little postage stamp for the world that that i call grace one guild and future proofing excellent so having said all this people want to know how to get in contact with you and you've got yeah (laughs) several websites so what would you recommend? Yeah, why don't I uh, why don't I keep it simple down to three different things? I'll uh, I'll mention if people want to get in touch with me personally, the best email to get to me is hello at futureproofingnext uh, forward dot com. That will get to me very quickly, and that's probably the the key kind of direct linchpin. People can find me on social media. I think I'm on most of the key ones. But uh, if you want to know what we're doing and what we're all about, I would love it if people go to futureproofingnext.com and people can sample what I'm doing in the 80% of my life that's professionally driven and and become potentially part of that. And then for Grace Swan Guild, we have a website, graceswanguild.org, which functions as a portal for all of the different activities and content and reports and everything that we've done. So those are the three places I would, uh, I would go and, as much as I try to get back to people, Peter, you probably acknowledge it's like, man, is that Sean guy going to get back to me? Occasionally there are weeks that I get over max, but I try to get back to everybody. Okay. Last question. What does your family think about what you're doing? <laughs> or do they it's understand funny. it? It's funny. I think as my kids get older, they, uh, they tend to understand a little bit more of what I do, but on that career day thing where you bring your dad in and your dad's a fireman or a, you know, an accountant, it's so much more easier than my world. Right. I think they, they have a, uh, they love the celebrity aspects of what I do. Like uh, sometimes they don't exactly know what it is, but when I produce a book, they're like, Oh yeah, there's like something tangible. Uh, 
I once hosted a TV show in Canada. They, they sent me to all these places around Canada. It's called Undiscovered Canada. And so to see their dad on TV made them A, cringe, but B, at the same time, be like something that they could send to their, uh, their friends. So, uh, so yeah, they don't quite understand, but I try to impress upon them that, you know what, the people that just steer in their little lane, that we need specialists in the world, don't get me wrong. But the, the way that people succeed in life, uh, both for themselves personally, maybe financially and for others, is to really take a holistic approach of the world because our world is way too complex just to do this thing. We gotta be broad about it. So Peter, I don't know if I've answered the question directly, but they're probably a little bit miffed, a little bit proud, and a little bit of, I wonder, <laughs> like your question, what are you gonna be doing in three years? They probably have that on their minds too. Okay. Sean, you're, uh, you're a very interesting, passionate individual. You support giving back to the community, and you're never going to stop what you're doing, especially since you're a graduate of WLU. <laughs> and uh, thank you for your time this morning, this afternoon. Well, I'll, I'll just add that I just love the uh, the fact that alumni have uh, it's it's almost like I know for the most part, generally without exception, people from Wilfrid Laurier just something about that school exports really good people, really hardworking people, and people that uh, do well in their pedigree. We, we tend to do well above wherever our starting point was, so I'm glad we could connect today, Peter.